today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. For the next little while, we're going to talk about the housing market in uh, in Hamilton, uh, CMHC, that released uh, a study yesterday about uh, the housing prices in Hamilton. The central and eastern neighborhoods are reaping the benefits of the housing market despite the city's real estate sector having cooled off overall. But first, uh, always to uh, kind of break down some of those numbers, we are so pleased to be joined by uh, the business professor for the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University, Marvin Ryder joins us. Marvin, are you enjoying the sunshine today? I, I'm going to for sure. As soon as we get done, that's the uh, first plan of my uh, day. <laughs> I was going to say, the campus is beautiful this time of year, right? I mean, there's no humidity. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, they do a lovely job on that campus. Let's uh, talk about uh, the study that came out f- from CMHC that basically right. said Hamilton Center and Hamilton East are, are the favored sellers. Uh, are you surprised by that? Not, not exactly, Ted. Let me, let me just maybe give a little context before I answer your question directly. So CMHC re- releases this report quarterly, and for the last eight quarters or two years, it has been telling us that the Hamilton market has been a little hot and a little vulnerable. The potential for bad things to happen was there. Good news, eight reports, nothing really terrible has happened, but it's just a good idea to let us know that these conditions are ripe. Now, uh, we knew that places like Ancaster and Dundas, and for that matter, Burlington, which is part of the Hamilton CMA, uh, those markets were cooling down. What this confirms is that there are still bargains to be had in the marketplace and that buyers are still attracted to places, uh, for good or bad, the east and the downtown area. Those prices tend to be a little lower. So even though there had been some inflation, they are still fairly affordable. Places like Ancaster, Dundas, and Burlington you, you've got to have a, a fair amount of income to be looking in those places. Uh, so when you're talking about, um, you know, a lot of millennials and what have you always talk about, Marvin, about buying that dream house yep. and what have you. So let's, for example, say, because I'm, uh, we live uh, in the Gage Park area, we, there's always houses for sale and what have you. What's the Marvin Ryder rule of thumb for people that want to buy not necessarily a dream house, but a house, because it seems for a lot of couples just starting, it's a little tough. Sure. So let me give you two rules of thumb, if you don't mind. Rule of thumb number one is how much house can you buy? The rule of thumb has always been two and a half times annual household income. So if you and your spouse make $100,000, then you should be able to buy a $250,000 home if you and your spouse do $150,000 together, then you can buy a home that's worth roughly $375,000. Now, here's the second rule of thumb. Once you buy the house, uh, we also talk about mortgages and things like that. What's the carrying cost? Your cost of being in a home, whether it's a a real house or a condo or even a rental unit, shouldn't be any more than 33% of your monthly income. So if I take home, I don't know, uh, $5,000 a month, then all of my rent, everything like that, shouldn't be over about $1,600. If you push that, if you get it into the $2,000 range, or if you push it up to 40 to 50% of your take-home income, it's not that you're in deep, deep trouble, but you are really at the absolute max. That if there's any bump in the road, uh, whether you can continue to pay those numbers, that's the concern. And this is also why CMHC warns you that it says, you know, when you buy a house, don't stretch yourself to the point that if there's any little tick up, for instance, we've seen interest rates go up one full percentage in the last year, if that's enough to, to cause you to pain, 
then don't don't stretch yourself that far. Get this thing sorted out. So I, I don't think we're going to see a big bubble. I don't think we're going to see a lot of people losing homes. I don't think we're going to see a lot of houses being devalued. But we're in for a bit of a pause now in the market, a calm in the market. Housing prices not going up at three times the rate of inflation as we saw in the last five years. And I think if you're a flipper, this is bad news. But if you're really buying a house as an investment, you've got nothing to worry about. Uh, job security is always something when people uh, look right. at buying a home and what have you. I know Hamilton it continues to try to divest itself from the steel industry. We've had numerous conversations about that as well. Um, looking down the road a bit, uh, your uh, crystal ball, and I understand you know, at, at times it's a fool's game to uh, try to do this. But the next six months, and you're chuckling on this, six months to a year, uh, I've heard some people use the mild R word yeah. coming up. Do you see anything like that coming up? And if so... What would the warning signs be? Right. So you know, here's the good or the bad news. If I can just look at Canada on its own or, or Ontario on its own or even Hamilton on its own, there'd be no reason to think there's any recession. There's nothing going on inside the country that would lead me to any concerns whatsoever. The problem, of course, is our neighbor to the south, the United States, and that T word that we've all come to know and hate, tariff. Uh, if Donald Trump continues on this tariff spree, not so much if these, uh, these first tariffs remain, we'll survive steel and aluminum tariffs. We'll find a way through that. Maybe Hamilton will be hurt a little bit, but certainly Canada won't be hurt by it the same way. But if this were to be extended to the auto sector, then we would be into a recession by 2019. By the way, so would the United States, and that's why I'm hoping cooler heads will prevail down there. So what we're looking for is economic growth. And, and the idea is as long as the economy continues to grow, we will avoid a recession. But for Donald Trump, these, this sort of this willy-nilly application of tariffs, that's the concern not just in Canada, but in Europe. That's why Mr. Juncker was there this week. It's in places like Japan. He, he really likes throwing stones into a pond that really <laughs> needs to be as calm as it possibly can be. And that's, that's the thing that has me worried. If that doesn't happen... I don't think we'll see a recession next year. Marvin Ryder from the DeGroot School of Business. Thank you for the time. Enjoy the sunshine, Marvin. You're free. Go have a great weekend. I will. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.